Hello, hello. This is Series 9 of Satisfied. The Series 9 podcasts enhance the Graceful Living Bible Study, covering the essential truths for living a life of freedom and joy in Christ. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at the call for us to be God-dependent. Graceful living is dependent living. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 10 of the Graceful Living Bible Study. We will see how grasping truth gives us protection from being taken captive by error so we can live out our freedom. Since the fall of humanity in the garden, Genesis 3, there has been a spiritual war raging in our world between God's truth and the lies resulting from human reasoning and demonic influence. One leads to overflowing joy and dependent living on God. The other leads to self-dependence and rebellion against God. This spiritual warfare takes captives. Believers can be taken captive by bad teaching. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5, through 5, Paul says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Demolish strongholds. Demolish arguments. Demolish pretensions. Taking captive wrong thoughts and making them obedient to Christ, who is the truth. Let's look first at what takes someone captive away from Christ. Then we'll look at how to take our thoughts captive to make them obedient to Christ. One summer, we were in Colorado conducting summer camps for our wilderness-based camp ministry. A church youth group rented our camp facility for a week. I was in charge of providing meals. As my husband, Ron, was about to leave town, he said to me, this group is not your typical church youth group. Hmm, what does that mean? I knew that our senior staff members were on 21-day backpacking trips in the nearby mountains. They would not be around to assist. I sent up a quick prayer, Lord, please help us. The group that came looked like typical high school kids and adult counselors, but were very different from the usual youth groups that came to our camp. We welcomed and served them. During that week, I realized that we served prisoners, people who had been taken captive. They were taken captive by the philosophy that God is an impersonal energy field, an it, something that binds the universe together. They sought God while staring at a candle for an hour. They were taken captive by the concept that good and bad are relative. Since each person is part of the God force of the universe, each one determines what is good or bad. They meditated upon the God being created in each of them. The message portrayed was this. Salvation comes through uniting one's personal spiritual energy with the other God energy of the universe. Though this group came from what was called a church, they had rejected Jesus Christ as their head and substituted other things for Him. We prayed for protection and guidance as we recognized how much these youth and adults were in the devil's deceitful stronghold. Sadly, most of them were females, either as teenage girls or as adult counselors. What made them susceptible to such captivity? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, 
Paul told us how influential fakers get women to follow them. This still applies today. The Bible says they gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Notice what made the women especially gullible, being loaded down with guilt from their sins, plus the constant search for the latest new thing to satisfy the restlessness in their hearts. Various lusts fed their discontentment, and out of a so-called openness to learn, they embraced whatever flashy teachings that came along rather than going to the source of established truth. Women who never recognize and grasp biblical truth will be taken captive by whatever flashy teachings that come along, and they will live unsatisfied, unstable lives. We see this in our world today. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul wrote about how grasping the truth protects us. He says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We as women need to not only be exposed to truth, but to grasp it and hold vigorously to it, so we won't be taken captive by the enemy's schemes. God and the devil agree on one thing. Both want to capture your mind, because whoever captures your mind will direct the course of your life. To protect yourself from enemy captivity, renew your mind through knowing the Bible, which is God's truth, and through letting the Holy Spirit implant that truth in your mind so you can understand it. Then, you can diffuse arguments against the knowledge of God that are influencing you, and you can take captive your thoughts, making them obedient to Christ. The writings of the New Testament are the work of the Holy Spirit revealing Himself to the apostles and other disciples of Jesus. The historical reliability of the scriptures is an important issue, and they, the scriptures, can be investigated to show that the biblical records are trustworthy. We can know that God's Word is true and reliable. Grasping truth has three parts. First, you dwell in the truth of God you can know. Next, you humbly accept what you don't know or understand. And then, you discern any teaching that you read or hear through the complete revelation of God's Word. These three parts help you to fight any kind of spiritual strongholds or prevent their influence over you. Let's look at them one at a time. First, dwell in truth you can know. We think of the word dwell as a place where you make your home. To dwell in truth is to make your home there. That means God's truth dominates your thoughts and attitudes, governs your life and satisfies your heart. God's truth is a healthy home for us. God gives us plenty of truth in the Bible that we can know and trust. There are 66 books of Revelation given to us, 1,189 chapters. If we just took one chapter per day and wrote down all the truths about God and our relationship with Him that is revealed to us, it would take us more than three years to get through the whole Bible. And that's even skipping some of those genealogy chapters. 
God wants us to know the truth He has revealed to us. He wants us to make our home in that truth. Paul emphasized in Ephesians chapter 1 how much God wants us to know His truth. This is what he said, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in your growing knowledge of Him so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the incomparable greatness of His power toward us who believe. Look at all that God says we can know. Each passage we read or study has plenty of truth that we can know with certainty and allow to govern our lives. So dwell in truth you can know. The second part of this grasping truth to protect from enemy captivity is to humbly accept what you don't know or understand. In the midst of those 1,189 chapters in the Bible, there are verses we just don't understand. Perhaps you don't understand something you've read now, but you might understand it in the future as you learn more through Bible study and as you hear great teaching that helps you to understand it. But there are things we'll never know or understand. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, reassures us about this. As it says, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Did you hear the emphasis on the things revealed? Yay, they belong to us. We can know them. But there are secret things the Lord has not revealed yet to any human. We'll never know all there is to know about God. There will always be some mystery about Him. But there's plenty enough revealed in the Bible to satisfy your desire to know Him truthfully and to know how to live your life in Christ truthfully. As we study the Bible, we can do our best to try to understand what is written. But you may never understand something you read. Don't let that shake your confidence in understanding God's truth. When you run across something that you can't seem to understand from a Bible passage, make the choice to humbly accept what you don't know or understand and be satisfied with it. The third part of this grasping truth to protect from enemy captivity is to discern all teaching through the complete revelation of God's Word. This is what I mean by that. Evaluate what you read and hear by comparing it with the whole Bible. We can't take pieces of the Bible, like a verse or group of verses, and build our thinking on that. And we shouldn't let experiences and feelings become our measures of truth. There's junk out there about God, so it's important to really get to know the God of the Bible. All false teachers through the centuries have taken advantage of people who were not dwelling in the truth portrayed in the whole Bible. Let me say this, though. Even the best teachers are not infallible. Most are 80 to 90% right in what they teach and would love to know where they are wrong so they can change it. That includes me. Always check what you hear with what the Word of God says. Good Bible study reads a verse in the context of the passage where it is found, the paragraph, the chapter, and the book. Each verse is usually part of a continual thought. You can examine the original words to see what the writer meant and what the audience likely understood. You can look at other verses with similar content to let the Bible interpret itself. And you should always ask the Holy Spirit for understanding. Always evaluate what you read and hear 
by comparing it with the whole Bible. To discern teaching, you must also avoid the look-imagine-see dragon when viewing any verse. The look-imagine-see dragon shows up this way. Someone looks at a verse or passage, imagines what they want it to say, then their mind sees what they have imagined through twisting word meanings and interpretations. The result feels more comfortable with what the culture says, but it's not intellectually honest. And it really boils down to basing truth on someone's opinion. Once it starts, it's like a fiery dragon burning truth in its path. That's why I call it the look, imagine, see dragon. Cultural influence on Bible study feeds this dragon. The culture entices you to look at a verse and imagine a way for it to fit whatever the culture wants. Then your imagination sees what you want to see. Many types of false teaching through the years have started this way. The look, imagine, see dragon leads to error in any discipline based on truth, science and history, as well as the Bible. The brave thing to do is to tame the dragon, at least as far as your own approach to Scripture is concerned. So how do you tame the dragon? You tame the look, imagine, see dragon by considering the Bible as sufficient on its own, not needing our improvement. In it, we find what our God considers right and wrong across all time periods, all nationalities and cultures, and across all levels of civilization. Not liking what it says about any particular issue does not give us license to change it to make it easier for everyone to accept. Consider the Bible as sufficient on its own. Tame the look, imagine, see dragon by basing your faith on what is in God's Word, not something you've just heard about it and not something you're imagining to be there. Don't let yourself approach the Bible with that mindset and stop listening to others who do. Another way to tame the look, imagine, see dragon is to follow the inductive process for Bible study. That's the process we use in all of our Joyful Walk Bible studies. The inductive process starts with observation, looking carefully at what the text actually says. The next step is interpretation, which is trying to understand the author's intended meaning to him and to the audience who would read or hear it. Once you know what the Bible says and what it means, then you are ready for application, which is learning how to live this out in your life today. Look at what's there, learn what it means and teaches you, then you live it out in your life. When you follow the inductive process for Bible study, you will be able to confidently dwell in that truth. The way to take every thought captive to Christ is to dwell in truth you can know, humbly accept what you don't know or understand, and discern all teaching through the complete revelation of God's Word. Grasping truth both protects you and preserves your freedom. Grasping truth leads to graceful living. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with His grace so that your life overflows with His grace every day. You will then experience a life of freedom and joy. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 9 of Satisfied.